Welcome back to another Crossing broadcast. I am your host, Kyle Pagan. And let's be honest with each other. Cuganon might be toast. But I'm still wearing my Cuganon shirt because I put all my eggs in the Cuganon basket. So I deserve this and I'll go down with the ship. Also, shirts are 20% off in the Etsy store. Shameless plug right there. Hit that thumbs up for me if you're on the YouTube stream. Subscribe to the channel or wherever you get your podcast. Let's bring Kevin Kincaid on right now because we have some explaining to do. Kev, I want to know why people aren't talking about or even considering that once Jonathan Gannon got the script for the Super Bowl, he couldn't do anything about it. You think they lost the game because of Jonathan Gannon? I think they lost the game because of the script. It was always 38-35. You saw Roger Goodell hugging Chris Jones after. It's because they had the script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm not making any excuses here, but I blame the turf 100% more than anything. Find the sod father. (laughs) Lock him up. (laughs) Throw his old ass in jail. I'll go sod father conspiracy. The sod father. What a hack. Do you want to go first? Do you want to go Kuganon or do you want to go the sod father? uh no i don't want to go with either one of those things i i i don't know about you like i watched an amazing game Uh, a back and forth like close affair that came down to the to the end (laughs) okay like what are we what are we doing like uh you know, Angelo Cattati radio here with the first thing that we open with is that we're just looking for like who are who we're blaming for the they lost by three points to Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Eric Bieniemy. All right. I mean, it was like a like nobody should be like at the end of the day, you can't really be nobody should be surprised or shocked by that. You know, you can be disappointed with the way it went down, of course. Everybody should be, because they played well enough to win for large portions of the game and they couldn't get the job done. But I'm not gonna sit here and get all bent out of shape because they lost to a, a generational head coach and a generational quarterback. You know, I had in the, in my, we, we did the staff predictions. We put the previews together. I had the Eagles win in 30, 29. So I had the chiefs offense scoring 29 points. Chiefs offense scored 31 points. So it was close, um, but I thought it was going to be a back and forth high scoring game. And, and it was, and the masterclass that, Andy and Mahomes and Bienemy put on in the second half was amazing, you know. And the Eagles just made enough mistakes that it, it just came back to bite them in the ass, you know. So, yeah, I know that our like we're conditioned to want to come out of games like these and be like, this is the reason for this, and this is the reason for that, and it's this over that, it's this. I mean, there was just enough that didn't go their way, you know, that they could have changed, could have done better. That was the reason for the loss, you know? So I'm not, I'm not going to get all like people probably sit and think, Oh, they're not going to, he's not going to kill Gannon. Cause he's got to like keep the charade up. But no, I don't, I mean like at the end of the day, like somebody on the defense has to make a fucking play. Right. I'm going to sit here and blame the Super Bowl loss for a guy who wasn't on the field. Right. Okay. The defense made absolutely zero plays, zero sacks, uh, one tackle for loss. He hit the quarterback five times total. Couldn't even get there. Right. So, I mean, I think the more that I watch it back and the more stories that we read, the more stuff that we do, just like Andy and Mahomes were on fire in the second half. That's one of the best second half offensive performances I've ever seen in my entire entire life. So was Gannon good? No, I don't think he was that good. I think his players were worse 
And I think Andy and Mahomes were that good. So that's kind of my uh, initial what, take on the matter. What do you think about people that are saying he got beat on the same jet sweep, fake jet sweep, excuse me, twice, made no adjustments. They had that rock and roll uh, mm-hmm. scheme that they do when, uh, when, when guys go in motion. And then there's obviously that clip that came out of him getting beat on it against the Jaguars earlier in the season. Are you mm-hmm. saying that he just didn't? I mean, uh, uh, that, that that to me looks like a coach who who didn't learn. Who, yeah, but who, the coverage was the coverages were different. When they got beat on the first one, they were rock and rolling the nickel and the safety down, and they got beat on the counter. But then when they got beat on it the second time, the coverage was different. It was a zero blitz where Avante Maddox was with him man for man. So it wasn't like they ran the same thing and he ran the same coverage against it and wasn't prepared for it. It was a different coverage and it beat that coverage. I think in that case, Avante Maddox was just trying to follow Sky more inside and just like way oversold his, uh, you know, him following him across the formation. Right. So So I think more player error is that more coaching error? Like, uh, because I actually, you know, when Dan Orlovsky did his whole thing about how like Jonathan Gannon got out coached or whatever he said, yeah. Uh, or, or I guess he said Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy put on a master class of film and whatnot. Yeah. To me, it looked like Darius Slay oversold the first touchdown, and then it looked like Avante Maddox oversold the second touchdown. They miscommunicated. They miscommunicated on the on the first first one, right? So they weren't even sure which guy was going to replace the safety, right? Because in that case of that, one guy goes back, replaces the safety. The safety comes down to meet the motion guy on the other side of the field, right? And they miscommunicated that to be, to begin with, right? But they were probably going to get beat on on that because the fake was so good. Canary's Tony cutting in and going back outside that even if they were playing a different kind of yeah, play, Travis Kelsey was also wide open too if he didn't want to go to Canary's Tony. Yeah, well, here's the thing. It's like so people say, well, Gannon didn't like adjust, um, you know. But here, here's the thing: they set up both of those touchdowns by showing motion on the previous play right to see what they were going to do and then they showed motion again the on the next play and they beat them on it but you know if you're jonathan gannon you you at that point you're only kind of like guessing like what they're going to throw at you that time right because then if you change your coverage to stay man to man with the guy instead of following him him back across then how do you know they're not just going to jet sweep him instead you know what i mean so it's it's not like I understand what people are saying about like approaching it differently and playing it differently, but there's still the element of, of guessing involved with it. Right. I mean, the reason that they were rotating the safety down in the first place, because they didn't want to get beat off the edge on motion. Right. So they cheat the safety down and they try to block off the motion guy. And then Casey countered it by going to back door. So now, you know, that they can do one of two different things on that. You know, can you come up with a coverage that defends both of them? I don't know. You could just play zone. You just play like flat zone and just have everybody kind of like stay there instead of following anybody. So that's the irony of all of this. They're they're playing man to man on both of those. And people have been complaining all year long about uh, about zone, but they probably would have been better at playing zone on those snaps than than anything. So I get what people are saying. And like the optics of like, okay, they got beat technically on the same type of like fake motion and escaping out the back door. Yes, but there's like a there's a reason they play the the, the motion, the pre-snap motion, the way they do. And, um, you know, there's an element of just guessing involved with it where it's like, okay, just because they showed this on second down, I don't know if they're coming back with the same thing on third down or a counter on third down. 
I mean, they can just do regular motion on third down. So that's the only thing. I just I don't think people are um, understand that it's like the offense is calling the plays and the defense is trying to react to it. It's not like, it's not like one, you know, uh, it's not like the, the other way around. So um, I don't know. I just I just put it more on like you know the defensive line didn't make a play all all night long. Uh, James Bradbury had the, had the hold at the end and. You know, at the end of the day, like the defensive coordinator takes blame for not stopping the offense once in the second half. But these dudes who were awesome all year long, like just just totally AWOL. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's from Paul Hembo on Twitter. Uh, Patrick Mahomes after halftime. Complete, 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 mm-hmm. complete, complete TD. Incomplete. Complete TD. That was the throwaway, the incomplete. Complete TD. Complete, complete, complete. He had one incompletion in the second half. Yeah. Yeah, they couldn't get to him. They couldn't get to him. You know, he had a ninety-nine point four QBR out of a hundred. Yeah, basically perfect without that one throwaway incompletion. When they actually did blitz that one, they sent the whole house. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I really did. Uh, even with us being like the leaders of Kuganon, I did not really think there was going to be this strong of a defense of Jonathan Gannon because, like, I'm really having a hard time. I mean. They they just the most points ever scored in a losing effort, and you know Shane Steichen's gone. Jalen Hurts has to be paid. What do you want him to do? Di- what do you want Gannon to do differently? You know, I don't know ball that well. It's just it's just like it's so like I don't know. I don't. I I mean I know the scheme is to not is is to not give up the big play, but the Kansas City Chiefs didn't have any big play guys with Tyreek Hill leaving this year. So I really would have. Mm-hmm. Maybe like to see more press man, you know. I mean, I've never seen guys so open underneath, like I like I did, you know, on Sunday. And maybe it has something to do with no pressure from the defensive line. I think when it's all said and done, and we kind of let the the wounds heal from the Super Bowl, I think a lot of it will, will be looked at back on the defensive line. I think a lot of it will be looked back on that special teams uh, punt return against Kadarius Tony. I think a lot. I think he hasn't gotten his due yet, but I think Quez Watkins dropping that big time. Um, catch that would have been, uh, would have put them on the six, yeah. would have put them up ten, was huge too. The Jalen Hurts fumble sucks. It's just such a bang bang play that he's just trying to you know switch he's it to his other to hand. Hands. Yeah, he's just he, trying to put it in the other hand. He also had four touchdowns, so I could I never pin this game on on Jalen Hurts. He had more he had more total yards, I think, than the entire yeah. Chiefs uh, Chiefs offense. I mean, I mean the what they really could, here's the thing: what they really could have done is they could have tried to just get a little higher up on the line, try to disrupt the receivers a little bit. Um, you talk about blitzing; you could play a single high safety, and you could try to try to mix and match, and you know, throw some blitzes coming from the defensive backs for sure. But you know, Mahomes is really good against a blitz too. So I mean, you're kind of you know, what they've done all year long is they've just trusted their talent to 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 make plays for him while being in in safe shapes, you know. And I know that like, you know, people want him to come out of it when uh you know, when it doesn't when people aren't making plays. And like I agree with that. You know, I'm not I'm not I'm never going to sit here and say that they should sit in um you know, for drop drop uh, yeah, or play two safeties and rush for the entire game. But um you know, you're talking about a quarterback who's really good at seeing pressure too. At the same time, so it's like I, I don't, you know, I guess the philosophy is just to to keep doing what you're doing and hope one of your guys can make a play at some point. And um, for most of the season, that worked out for him, you know. And in this game, it didn't. So I don't know. I'm not going to be like the field guy. I think the field sucked ass, but like clearly, it was affecting Hassan Reddick and and Josh Sweat. I mean, I'll be the field guy. I have no problem being the field guy. I've it, done it more did, research. Did. 
yeah. on a 94 year old from Kansas, from Kansas or Missouri, or wherever the hell Kansas City is. I've done more research on a 94 year old, and that's why it's the sod father conspiracy. And and you look at it and you see that like the Chiefs never really changed their cleats. Uh, we have slip stats. Yeah, this is the guy right here. He's the head groundskeeper yeah. of the Super Bowl. He's been to all 57 Super Bowls, doing the head groundskeeper work. Lifelong Kansas City Chiefs fan. If you see on his if you see on his uh, fingers, he's got two Super Bowl rings and an AFC Championship ring. The mm-hmm. Kansas City Chiefs provide him season tickets, and he got to start like a conflict of interest. Seems, seems like a seems conflict like a con- of interest here. Yeah. Well, Kev Roger, he had this quote to today uh, to, to the Today Show. Um, he said, Commissioner Goodell told me, George, you work for the league. The league pays you. You have to be normal or I can't cheer for anybody. But in my heart, there is the Chiefs, and on the other side is the Eagles. I'm just saying, if if the Chiefs have a relationship with the Sod Father, do you think maybe the Sod Father didn't tell somebody in the front office or maybe somebody, you know, underneath them that, hey, man, the, the, the turf isn't laying that good, you know? It's uh, it's got a little bit of too many, too much ryegrass, uh, according to Toby Wagner, CEO of Sod Solutions. The natural color of Bermuda grass during the winter would be brown. They had to put ryegrass in this mix to make it have that beautiful color. Wagner says there was likely too much ryegrass, which holds more water when the cleats break up the grass. Water is released, which led to the slipping. You don't think the head's groundskeeper knows a little bit that there's uh might be a little bit more ryegrass than there is Bermuda grass in there, and that's maybe why he uh. Might have talked to the uh, somebody in the Chiefs organization and and let them know what cleats to wear. Listen, man, I think the sod father knew exactly what he was doing. And if there's a conflict of interest there, if he had a shred of integrity, this old motherfucker, he would have rec- <laughs> recused himself from this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> recused himself from the uh, ground screw. This old old bag. We're- we're half joking, but I'm a little half serious. But like, <laughs> when you do look at it, though, the guy's got a Super Bowl ring on a oh, yeah. on, yeah. on a field that he worked on in 2021. Like that is just weird. That's an NFL employee getting right. a Super Bowl ring. That is yeah. so weird to Fucked me. Up. I got a I got a leftover bag of uh, <clears throat> Agway contractors mix sitting in my garage. I could have sprinkled some of that on there, and their footing would have held up probably better than whatever. Uh, whatever the sod father put down you know but it's a funny thing pagan it's that uh lincoln financial field and uh and uh subaru park both have the tahoma 31 grass you know they relayed i don't know when they put it in at the link but they relayed subaru park in the summer and, and put and put that in and the field was perfectly fine and it played fast so i don't know if scott's i don't have the sod father you know screwed it up uh, some sabotage here i don't know if they got the rye grass mixed wrong i don't know if the desert conditions fucked it up i don't know if it wasn't grown long enough to have the roots grow in but it screwed up the game man well you know where it was developed right oklahoma Oklahoma state State. yeah who went to oklahoma t boone pickens jalen hurts jalen hurts Hurts went to oklahoma who kicked the shit out of oklahoma in 2019 34 to 16 jalen hurts kicked the shit out of uh out of the oklahoma state are these sooners no they're not the sooners they're uh cowboys Cowboys. here we go. Pull up the slip stats, uh, Craig. I can't believe this. We're, we're talking. It's crazy that, that we just had this awesome game, 73 points, and this guy went back and he had to chart the slip side gate stats because the field was so bad. 
This is a multi-billion dollar empire. The Super Bowl is their crown jewel. And all anyone wants to talk about is a phantom holding <laughs> in this stupid, stupid field. No, we didn't even talk about the holding yet. We got 17 minutes in. I, I don't want to talk holding. about the holding. I I because I like I, the holding's gonna send me down. The holding's gonna send me off the rails. I, uh, I like and I'm also like <clears throat> You know, the holding is one thing like the, there's a holding on every play. It can be called whenever it wants to be. There's four more things I'm mad at, including Jonathan Gannon over that holding. It just sucks that we weren't able to see a minute 50 with Jalen Hurts to try to cement his legacy. But this is from Ollie Connolly. This is like the um, most British, British name. By the way. <laughs> I charted. <laughs> I charted slip sod gate and it's the sod father conspiracies. Ali, so get it correct. Uh, the Eagles defense had a player slip on 38% of Patrick Mahomes' dropbacks. Five times they had multiple slippages. The Chiefs defense had a player slip on only 14% of Jalen Hurts' dropbacks with no multiples. There it is, people. Black and white, clear as crystal, clear as day. The field. I, I, I hate people are like, well, we're not an excuse city. We're Philadelphia, blah, 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 blah. If the Detroit Red, Red Wings, excuse me, wanted to make the ice softer for the Legion of Doom in the 1997 Stanley Cup playoffs, they would have done that. They probably did do it to make them to slow those boys down. If they won, if, 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 you know, the, the, the Sixers, God forbid, ever get to the, the NBA finals. And they're playing the Golden State Warriors. And, you know, they're like one of the fastest teams in transition. And, you know, the Golden State Warriors just so happen not to get that little dust rag out and dust the floor before it and it makes it more slippery. So be it. I think the field affected this team. I mean, all year it was speed rush, speed rush, speed rush from outside the edge. For the Kansas City Chiefs, it was all done through the interior. It it affected the Super Bowl, it affected the Eagles team. And I feel and I and I appreciate those guys for, you know, not coming out and being like, you know, it was the field's fault. It's the field's fault. Awesome. They handled it well. But, man, you can't tell me on the plane ride home. Those guys weren't just like this fucking field, man. This field took this field had a had, this field had a lot to play in this Super Bowl. It totally neutralized the pass rush. Going back to George Toma. Fuck you. Makes a huge difference, man. Makes a huge difference. It's harder for for. Field conditions make it tougher for a defense than an offense, you know, because the defense is always reading and reacting. You don't know where you're going to go on each play, right? But the offense does. So, you know, there's more stopping, turning, cutting, planning, all that on a, for the defenders than there are for the offensive players, you know. And like you say, too, you know, a lot of Casey's penetrations typically like through the middle. They got Chris Jones. They got, you know, that's what their strength was. The Eagles are always attacking off the off the edges, you know. So I think they I think there was only like what one sack in this game. I think it was when Jalen Hurts yeah, ran, ran, out, ran out of ran out of bounds on the on the one, right? So you you mean to tell me that like for two teams that combined for like 125 sacks this year, that Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts who didn't get sacked once in this game. It just made it like it's such an offensive tilted game, you know? Um I'm not making excuses, but I blame the field 100 percent for the loss. <laughs> I'm and, not making uh, excuses, but Jonathan Gannon would have been so much better if his if the field was we would we would have been selling so many Q Gannon yeah. shirts, took took money out of my pocket yeah. if uh if the field was up to par. I mean, why are the thing. why are the ninety four year olds working? I know, I know. That's the other thing. Just retire. Is he driving? He shouldn't be driving. He should have to take a test. You can't get yeah, you're like not even allowed yeah. to drive like after ninety. Why is this guy working on a field? Yeah. So here's the thing though, it's funny, is like they they uh 
like they probably should have ended up with a stop at the end there and a hold and a field goal, you know? And like, so if they get, if they hold into the field goal and Jalen Hurts gets the ball back with minute 45 or whatever it is there, I'm convinced they go down and at least get a field goal. Dude, like, I seriously thought that game was going to overtime, but, you know, the, the thing that I think one of the things that bothers me about the Gannon shit too is that, like, I just think we have short memories. And uh, anybody who watched Super Bowl 52, it, it, it was the same exact thing, played out the same exact way. The Eagles couldn't stop jack shit that the mm-hmm. Patriots were throwing at them. Like, they were just carving them up left and right. They gave 500 yards to Tom Brady, they gave up more than 100 yards on the ground. The defense actually technically played worse in Super Bowl 52 than they did in Super Bowl 57. The difference is Brandon Graham popped up and made a big play, you know? So that's what annoys me because I think the people, the same complaints that people had about Gannon all year is the same shit they were complaining about with Jim Schwartz. Why are the corners 10 yards off? You know, they don't blitz enough. You know, it's too conservative, right? And nobody gives a shit about that now because even though they gave up 600 yards of offense in the Super Bowl, they won. Because I got the big turnover when it mattered. So it's not really like much different. It's kind of the same storyline. Like the well, Chiefs gave up 35 points. The Eagles defense gave up 31 points. <laughs> so so no, Spags didn't have a good game either. Like he had a shitty game too. And the margins on like killing one guy versus killing the other guy are just like, which offense was just able to be just a little bit better at the end. So I, I don't – you can go back and point to, like, all these guys who are good defensive coordinators and 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 find little little flaws here. Schwartz gave up 600 yards in the Super Bowl, and they won. Uh, Gannon couldn't get a stop in the second half in the Super Bowl. You know, Jim Johnson's defense in 2005 was, was really good in that Super Bowl, but they gave up two straight scores to start the fourth quarter. You know, Buddy Ryan never won a playoff game. So, you know, it's just hard to – I think when you when you take all of it into like its entirety, I don't like differentiate what Gannon did from what Schwartz did in 2017 too much. Like a lot of it was similar to me, and they got absolutely killed in the Super Bowl, but they got the big strip sack and they won. So really, the difference was that they didn't have that big like moment where one of the defensive guys stepped up and made a fucking play. And if they did, then we wouldn't be talking about Gannon right now. As poor as the overall performance was, we wouldn't be talking about it. What the hell did Vic Fangio do for two weeks? Did you just go on vacation? Just get a vacation to uh, Phoenix, Arizona? <laughs> Down there. He was probably hanging out with the sod father. He's like the same age, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, I know yeah. he's just re- retiring to he's, – he's basically a snowbird. He retired to Arizona for two weeks. Now he's going to take the Miami defensive coordinator job and retire down to Florida. Like he, Vic Fangio is nothing better than a snowbird. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, but it's, it's just – it's funky to me. I just I think the thing is like people people are like, well, you know, they saw this thing that they did that Jacksonville did to the Eagles in week four. Why weren't they ready for it? Well, you know, they, they game plan because the, they didn't want to get beat on like they wanted to be able to address like jet sweeps and motions that the Chiefs were going to throw at them. Right. So that's that's a whole point of why they bring the safety down because they want to meet meet them off the edge. and They don't want to kill get killed that way. So they got killed going the other way instead. So then you come back to the next play. It's like, okay, are they going to kill me this way? Are they going to kill me that way? You know? And then if you play zone, maybe they call something completely different and Travis Kelsey gets manned up with a linebacker or something. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's not, it's not like a linear thing where it's like, I know this is coming and I got to deploy the thing that's going to stop this play. 
Because how do you know they're going to call that play? Like, this sounds so stupidly obvious, like me explaining it, but like being a defensive coordinator is a lot of guessing. And <laughs> just like hoping that you have the, the right call for the right time, which I think is why Gannon plays conservatively because he likes to play a catch all, you know, rush four, sit seven back because it can handle most of the things that the offense is going to throw at you. You know, you get into a thing where you're blitzing and you're throwing like five or six guys at the quarterback, or, you know, you're trying to like, overcompensate to, to not get beat for a play that you got beat on earlier, then I, then I don't know. Then it just becomes like tech mobile where you're trying to like, look at the guy's controller next to you and see what, what play he called. So you can call the same, same play. So I don't know. I just think it's so much more, there's so much more nuance to it than I think the average like day after a knee jerk reactor is going to um, come up with, but it's not, it's not the defensive you know, Gannon for that's just a defensive, like defensive coordinators in, in general, right? I mean, you're 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 talking about an era of football where like we're gonna look back at this like 25 years from now and look at like the era of Andy Reid and Mahomes and Burrow and Josh Allen. This is like an elite time for for NFL offense and for offensive coordinators. Like what we saw in this game was it was a master class from Andy and Mahomes and Bienemy. So I'm not, I can't like like my honest take is that I think that all 32 defensive coordinators would have got cooked in that game. I mean, two of the 32 did. So I, <laughs> so yeah, I just, that's, I think when you, when you account for all of it, I mean, that's just where my head head goes, you know? And when you go back and look at the shit that we said about Gannon and like, let's be like completely honest here. Q Gannon like was a reaction. Yeah. Right. Like we were not beating the drum for Q Gannon in the off season or in week one or whatever. Q Gannon was like a response to these people who wanted to fire the guy when they were eight and one. Right. So they would never, it was not predicated on like, Oh, we're the biggest Jonathan Gannon fans. It was like, this guy gets so much shit. And while some of it's justified, a lot of it isn't right. When I wrote that big, long Epic that nobody read 2200 words, answering all the questions about him. Like I said, the biggest question that I have is like, they really haven't played a lot of good quarterbacks this year. The chiefs had the much harder path. The chiefs had to play, Josh Allen, they had to play Joe Burrow. They had to play the Chargers twice. I mean, like, they were just more tested than the Eagles defense was, you know? So that I agreed with from the beginning because, I mean, the toughest quarterbacks that the Eagles had played all year long was, you know, Kirk Cousins. In Trevor week, Lawrence. And he Trevor Lawrence. Playing as well then when he was playing now. Aaron Rodgers, who was, like, injured. So I agreed with all that, you know? There wasn't anything that I disagreed with. I just – my thing with the Q Gannon shit was that I just felt like, this you know, this guy's getting, like, absolutely killed. And while, like, there's certain criticism that's fair of him, I just felt it was, like, over the top. So Q Gannon was always, like, a reaction to what we felt was, like, just ridiculousness. A reaction to the reaction. I, I do love football fans, NFL fans, and Philadelphia fans in general because immediately after the Super Bowl, one guy tweets us and goes, you guys should lay low for a little bit. Like, we just robbed, like, 10 banks within, like, the area, and, like, we should lay low because someone <laughs> – because the cops might be on us. They're like, yeah, yeah, you should lay low for a little bit. And I had a one guy jump in my DMs, and he blamed me for uh, – Juju Smith-Schuster's eight receptions for 80 yards because I asked him that question at media day. And I was thinking like, damn, dude, I wish Juju Smith-Schuster used me as uh, as motivation. You think A.J. Brown goes into the game because Zach Berman might have said something wrong about him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody, you know, these guys are professional athletes playing in the Super Bowl. They're, they're not getting, they're, they're motivated to win. They, you know, they don't need motivation, <clears throat> generate motivation because of, uh, you know, somebody asking them questions at, at media day. That's like the biggest, like nothing um, 
topic that fans and media bring up all the time. So you're cool. You're cool with um, And I actually really needed this because I think I was kind of like on an island with the whole Q Ganon stuff. And I, I think people got the bit and I think people did not get the bit. And the people who did not get the bit did really, really, really not get the bit. And they just waited around yeah, yeah. Ganon's like worst performers. It just so happened to be in front of 113 million people to just, you know, come out, which is fine. I mean, I will, I will take it on the chest. I will. I, I, I put all my eggs in the Q Ganon basket. I love the bit. The name was awesome. I will always take this shit right on the chest. I mean, it's well, that was weird, um, but it, it's like, uh, you know, Stephen A gives out his opinion. Skip Bayless gives out their opinions. I don't see people come after them. I was honestly, you know, it was disappointing. I thought, too, is that they gave up 150. They gave up 6.1 yards on average on the ground. And you can say anything you want about like the secondary and the blown coverages and Gannon and shit like that. But after they patched up the run defense, like to give up like 5.1 yards per average to Pacheco, man, I mean, like they were just, they were giving up too much shit on the ground, you know? And, and they never, they, they weren't doing anything in early downs to get it to like second and nine or like third and eight or, or anything like that, you know? So I, that was disappointing to me that they were getting killed on this. This goes hand in hand with what I was saying with earlier though. Like the chiefs run a lot of sideways shit. Right. Like they did, they don't hand the ball off to like Isaiah Pacheco. He runs straight up the middle. Right. They do a lot of these like sweep runs with pulling guards and, and they pull the center and they, they've, you know, get, get multiple guys out on the edge. And like they just got around, they, they were hitting them off, off tackle and through the B, B gap, you know, multiple times in this. And like the defensive line just didn't hold up against that. You know, say what you will about the pass rush. Right. But I mean, the, the run stopping was disappointing, too. You know, and I think with the ultimate killer was like they had just gotten they just gave up the touchdown in the red zone. The offense comes back. They go three and out. Then the fucked up punt is run all the way back to like the 10 yard line or whatever. And then I'm sure Gannon and the defensive staff, and the defensive players like, oh, shit, we're back in the red zone already. You know what I mean? So like they're throw, they're just probably just back there. Be like, OK, let's throw let's play our man that we were just playing here like. Yeah, the the frequent the how quick they were back on the field there after that sequence was just like a like a killer. I don't know if it would have made any difference, but if the offense had been able to sustain a drive there, the the special teams given better field position, maybe they would have had a second to at least like you know try to try to regroup or something. But I mean, they were on the the defense was like on the ropes at that point, you know. I think the difference between this Super Bowl and Super Bowl 52 is the fourth and sixth call where they went for the uh, field goal on the 15. Yeah. I think Doug goes for that. I think, and I forget who said it, but someone said, I think before the, before Super Bowl 52, um, Schwartz told Doug that he's just going to be aggressive and he needs him to be aggressive too. Yeah. And they, I think they were perfect on fourth down in, in the, uh, in the Super Bowl. And I was really surprised that Nick didn't go for it on fourth and six of the 15 in the third quarter. And AJ Brown seemed to be a little surprised too, because he, yeah. said, he, he had a, uh, he had a quote and it's been, it's been kind of, it's been kind of, uh, diagnosed, but this is from Martin Frank M Frank NFL. They, uh, interviewed AJ Brown during locker room cleanup day about an hour or two ago. Uh, he said, I don't have video from that question, but here's the exact quote. When we went up 27-21, this is A.J. Brown, I knew deep down that it was probably a chance we were going to lose. Then he was asked if it was because he kicked a field goal instead of getting a TD, and he said, yes, A.J. Brown later came out, probably searched his name, saw everyone was going crazy. He tweeted, 
clickbait. First and of all, we, we haven't seen it yet, but it's probably already deleted. That's AJ. That's an AJ Brown special. Tweet and delete. Yeah, but can I can I say something? Just like a procedural thing here, real quick. I this, this is not clickbait because there's not, there's nothing to click on. There's nothing to fucking click on. It's like I. It's it's not. There's no. It's like when people accuse you of saying something on social media, you're just like you just want to try to get people to click. There's not. There's nothing to click on. You click on a tweet. You don't click on a Facebook. Post. I, I get, but I understand what he's saying. It's like he's he's looking for, you know, trying to create something. You're looking for engagement, right? I think that you you clickbait exists to literally get people to move their mouse to something and press on it to open like another screen so that you get your, you know, your uh, registers on Google Engage. Analytics and you get to show your Engage. ad or whatever. Engage bait. Is Engage that better? Bait. Yeah. Yes. It's more. <laughs> Clickbait rolls off the tongue more, but um, engage bait is more. I like to say that people are fishing for engagement. Would you say you know that I mean? Martin Frank there is a master of bait? There, a master, a master, ba- a a master baiter. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I because I saw the response to that. Like Acho was asking him if he had the question on video. Um, I'm tired of it. If everybody was holding, if everybody was holding their recorders up to AJ Brown, I'm sure somebody has a, you know. Yeah has audio of it but i, I don't well, here's the thing here's I, the thing even if it was an off the record conversation somebody from mix six abc will release the footage anyway <laughs> and then the, who will call them a disgrace which eagles reporter do you think hmm. is most likely to call a fellow eagles reporter a, a fucking disgrace or whatever that was mclean mm. yeah well now jeff has high standards yeah he's he's a journalism adherent it would be so. it would be less if less was still doing it Maybe John McBowen. John McBowen ain't afraid to muck it up a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if he'd. I don't know if John would call anybody a disgrace, but he is. Uh, he does, you know, follow the, the principles of sound reporting and sound journalism. Um, so we're not going to talk about the the hold call at all. I thought that'd be the biggest talk. No, you want to talk about the hold call? Go talk about the hold call. I just, I, I just feel like I've seen so many takes on it from the judges to being there where they're positioned and everything to just the fact that like, I'm more mad at a lot other things. I'm more mad at the fourth and six call on the 15 mm. than I am at the, at the holding call. I just would like to see Jalen Hurts get the ball back with a minute 50 and, and see what he could do. Cause I really do think well, that dude yeah. was just playing out of his mind with hair on fire and, Field goal, I, I yeah. can't blame. Hershey I don't maybe. know. Go ahead, though. The offense, no, go ahead. The, offense, the offense scored 35 points. It's hard for me to blame the offense for anything, man. I yeah. mean, like I told you going into the game, they were going to score 35 points. I would have said, oh, yeah, Super Bowl parade, you know. So they I held Pat Mahomes like 180 yards. I would have been like, yes, get the parade going. I know. I know. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think it's like – I think it just comes down to – well, here's the funny thing first off. One of the stops that the defense got in the first half – was uh, on a play that was clearly defensive holding. Like James Bradbury had mm-hmm. Juju like around the on the back and was grabbing him. So I thought they were going to throw the flag for that. Um, but I kind of agree with like what Ross Tucker was saying. I mean, if you see shit like that all game long and you're not calling it, then why are you calling it now? Right. You know, so I think people were just looking for consistency there. I don't think anybody disagreed that it was a, I don't think anybody, any Eagles fan was really saying that it wasn't a hold. Right. But like that was a borderline kind of, kind of play that they had been letting go all game all game long so i just hate to see a super bowl end or like be decided on something like that you know if you're going to kind of let that shit go all game long then what's what are you calling it now for you know um and even if there wasn't that little bit of um it's hard to say because Mahomes probably saw it right and then just chucked the ball into that area 
because people were saying, well, he wasn't going to catch the ball anyway. I don't even know if he threw the ball intending for it to be caught. He probably just saw, hey, my guy's being impeded, and I'm just going to chuck it up and make the make the refs, you know, show their uh, you know show their vision over that way. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I any the perfect the perfect way for that game to end would have been Jalen Hurts getting the ball back with a hundred with one forty five on the clock, and let's see what what he can do, you know, and just. I think once you realize, like, oh, my God, they're just going to bleed the clock now. They're going to kick this field goal. And then you start doing the math in your head, and I'm like, they're going to get the yeah. ball back with, like, 10 seconds. Like, what the fuck is going on here? So I think that was different because it theoretically could have been a could have been a, a rare eagle stop and then a chance for them to um, – Dude, how how cooked was his shoulder at the last, at the last throw? <laughs> that ball barely made it 50 yards. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing too. I, I do. Do you not even try to maybe take five or six seconds there and just try to pick up ten, you know, and and get out of bounds and maybe maybe give give him a chance to get a little bit closer on a hail mary. I mean, I don't remember how much time was left. I think they had eight seconds. Okay. You know, they could have tried to just get something out of bounds there, and I, you know, in in hindsight, it doesn't really matter, but. Yeah, it does feel like they kind of missed something there. Um, I don't know. I just there was enough. There was just enough bad across the board just to shoot themselves in the foot. You know, I mean, Jalen's fumble and touchdown, whatever. You know, he more than made up for that. But the special teams punt killed him, and the defense just not just. I honest to God, man, more than any kind of generic adjustments or whatever people want to talk about. I just again, I put it on the players more than anything. They've been, well, playing, about, they've been playing in that scheme, in that scheme, and in those deployments and in those coverages all year long, and they've been making plays off of those. So how about we, we we blame it on uh, on halftime show. Halftime show was too long. This is from Matt Groves. Halftime show was too long and gave the Chiefs and Mahomes ankle time. Ban tore it all. I want a drug free NFL. That man was scampering all over the place, looking like Michael Vick out there. On a bad ankle, a lot of people thought he was faking it. No, people, that's that's the magic of Tordal. That's that's uh, what do they call it, Mister Happy, Mister Good Good, or something like that. Yeah. Um, this guy, I don't know if you saw this video, uh, Craig. You pulled up. This guy was hilarious after the game, talking about uh, Pat Mahomes' ankle and what he wants. Play from the beginning. On Patrick Mahomes, drug tested right most <laughs> now. Whatever they shot him up with, I want it. Ain't no way that possum tried mother could run like that on a bomb ankle. He could barely get off the field. All of a sudden, now he out there running like Barry Sanders. Make it make sense, Roger. The damn make it make sense. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, trash. Trash. I ain't seen you motherfuckers the whole game. Y'all got Andy Reid over eating cheese, chicken on Philly cheese steaks on the sideline. Because y'all ain't did nothing to stop him the second half. Nothing. Get a kid. Why low y'all wasted y'all motherfucking money going out there? Try on Patrick Mahone. Um, this goes. That was. That was the best. Re- I don't even know if he's an Eagles fan. That was the best reaction I saw from an Eagles fan. We saw that guy who was the comedian who was fake, like he was an Eagles fan, and that uh, the the field goal, and then he threw his bottle and smashed the TV and all that shit. There was another guy who faked like he was an Eagles fan, just just for the clout, for the views. Who are we anymore if we're just doing things for the clout and for the views? But that possum trotting motherfucker, Patrick Mahomes, yeah. should not. His ankle should not have been feeling that good. I want answers, Roger. 
So we blame. So all right. So the main two people to blame for the loss are not George Soros. What's his name? George Toma. George Toma, the Sodfather. George Soros. Yeah. Um, the Sodfather and Rihanna. I blame the Sodfather and I blame Rihanna. What do you think of the halftime show? I don't know if you're the best person to ask, but I want to ask anyway. I, I didn't really watch it because we had a couple of friends over and I was like, uh, I recused myself to the basement to work, but I came up like at halftime to say, Hey, to everybody and get some food and kvitz and whatever. So I was just kind of half paying attention, but I, why didn't she bring out other people? Like it just seemed kind of plain, right? Th- th- thank you. Um, I, I want this to be introduced into evidence. I am team Rihanna over team Beyonce. Um, but I just, you know, with all the hype surrounding it and everything, I just didn't think it was that great. She's got hits. She's got hits. She's got hits. She's got hits. Didn't play Paul in the replay played run this town. Jay-Z was there and he didn't come out. That made no sense. Has hits with Drake. He was in Arizona doing concerts, has hits with T.I., don't think really T.I.'s doing much. He would probably love to hear, love to come over. I know the NFL might have been mad at Eminem last year for taking a knee, but she is hits with Eminem. Like, I just, it was just basically her levitating the whole time. Yeah. And she, and she was also pre- five months pregnant, supposedly. I wonder if the NFL was like, fuck. <laughs> like, when they when they brought her on, was like, did they know she was pregnant? Like, that probably put a record. Wait, is that confirmed or are we just like alleging that she's pregnant? No, that's confirmed. That's why she oh, had her. That's why she had her coat like all the way open down to her stomach and stuff. I think she like patted her stomach at one point and she did allude to bringing out a mystery guest um, uh, during uh, during the interviews leading up to it. Okay. So she was <laughs> pregnant. Okay. Yeah. She brought a fetus with her. That was her guest. Yeah. I, no, I mean, I don't know. I don't give a shit. I, my favorite, my favorite thing, I think the best thing that ever happened to the Super Bowl halftime shows is when we had the uh, wardrobe malfunction. And the NFL got really, really conservative. And then they rolled out the geezer train for like 10 years of like <laughs> the who and, you know, uh, the Rolling Stones do it Tom one year. Petty and the Stones. And all. Like, the Stones. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then they got back into pop and all that shit, you know. So, I, I mean, know. if you're if you're Maroon 5 right now, you are just like they probably pop champagne. They're probably so excited. They they stunk that year that uh, the Rams and the Patriots uh, played to a thirteen to three game. That whole entire Super Bowl. I think the halftime. I think the halftime was so long that the Eagles lost all their momentum. So I blame the halftime show. I blame George Soros for putting that field together. Yep. Um, who else can I can I think of here? I blame Goodell. Yes. Yeah. Put it on the list. I'll I'll I blame those those three more than anybody. I blame Arizona. I blame the dry heat for for the loss. You know, not making excuses, but I blame those three things. Daylight savings time. They don't they don't adhere to that. Uh, the players were mm-hmm. probably not properly. Uh, their sleep schedules are probably all off. It's only yes. two hours over there. The Eagles sure. had to move two time three time zones west. The Chiefs only had to move two time zones to the west, so that's not fair. Um, this guy here says Adam Levine is a corny d bag. Uh, <laughs> He also wants you to hang your wall art. Here's a question. Why do you have a microphone box behind in front of your wall art, which is not on the wall? It's just leaning on the wall. I didn't I, I, I didn't I didn't remember the microphone box was behind me. I mean, this is where <laughs> why is the why is the wall art just leaning on the on the dresser? Do you have plans to hang hang it on the wall or is it just gonna do, lean? Do you think I'm the, the, the wall art guy in this relationship in this household? 
I don't ask questions as long as I don't have to hang wall art or hang TVs. I'm the happiest guy in the world. There's nothing worse than trying to hang a TV or hang wall art. It's, it's, it's terrible. So the wall art will stay where it stays. The microphone box will be moved. I don't know why it's up there. It's a weird place to put a microphone box. I will throw the person who put the microphone box up there under the bus because I did not do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you. That is the truest statement ever said. Pagan just lives there. I literally do. It is. It is. You go. You you wake up at a certain time. You go to bed at a certain time. You pay your rent on the first. There's some bills and everything. And I will hang up whatever fucking wall art I will hang up, and I will put any wall art I want to put wherever. Can I just say, like, uh, if you see these bags under my eyes, I slept like dog shit the night after the Super Bowl. I got maybe four hours of sleep. You and I did like 13 stories yesterday. My kid threw up again. She threw up brownies everywhere. Um, I'm about to like pass the fuck out. Like once this week is over or once this day is over, because just the 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 lead up to the Super Bowl and all of the like, you know, I mean, it's just funny for me to say this because it's not like we're writing Pulitzer Prize. We're splitting atoms. Shut up. We're, split, we're, we're splitting atoms. But we are working. We are like we worked. Mm-hmm. I worked like five hours Saturday. And I worked like twelve hours Sunday, fourteen hours, whatever it is. So I'm like I'm like ready to like I think my body is telling me like the football season is over and it just wants me to. It's like quitting on me. The content game will age you. And when you're not, you know, you don't have your your makeup budgets like they do at ABC six and NBC ten. These yeah. motherfuckers all look like us. They just have awesome uh, makeup budgets. Yeah. Content. You think content's an easy game? I don't have any like base. I I got no like I got no makeup person helping me out here. I think I slept in this shirt last night. Actually, (laughs) I definitely I slept in this tinfoil hat. There's like a stain that's off camera here. But listen, here's here's the truth, Pagan. You know this. The content game doesn't stop, man. I throw ten motherfucking things up on the site. And then something else happens two seconds later. I might get caught with my pants down because I'm at like the Wendy's drive through. Yeah. No, not with my pants down at the Wendy's drive through, <laughs> but I'm, like not, I'm not, not ready for it because I'm trying to get a friggin' baconator. And then, like, oh, they, you know, Sixers signed Deadman or some shit, you know? So it's like, it never stops. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're not turning like Pulitzer winners over here, but we're cranking. So it never the content game does not. So this is not like you're working a bank, and when mm-hmm. you're the bank teller yep. and let's show, let's show if, the no, if nobody's trying to deposit money, then you're just sitting on your ass waiting for a customer to come in. You we also get a lot of days them. off. Also get a lot of days off being at the bank. They do a lot they of days. Them more like when I was off. at Comcast, we got Martin Luther King Day off. We did not get President's Day off. So you got one or the other. I know that's a big thing in corporate America. If you're at the bank, you mm-hmm. get President's Day. You get Martin Luther King Day, you get like, yeah, I don't know, macaroni and cheese fucking day. Like you get yeah. any any day that uh, that you can get off at the bank, you get off. It's it's it's, it's an bullshit. insane. It's bullshit. It is bullshit. So what do you think of? Um, let's get it back to the Eagles. I had here, a question remember. for you. Yeah, I forgot it now. What do you think? Oh, of so- what do you? No, sorry. What do you like when uh, when you're watching the game? Were you excitable? Like, were you like, yeah, let's fucking go? Because I was like, I was like, well, I watched it by myself. I kicked everybody out of the house, um, and I was like walking around, pacing a little bit, clapping my hands, being loud as shit. Like, but I can't see that from you because you're all business, and I know you write your column right after uh, right after the games. Like, you know, Devonte Smith catches it down the sideline. Jalen Hurts gets that two point conversion. Are there audibles? Let's go from Kevin Kincaid, or is it kind of just all business? 
No, I don't watch the game as an Eagles fan, really. I watch the game as like a football fan, if that makes any sense. So anytime anything big happens for either team, I'm like, oh, shit. Or like, or I pause and rewind or I let out some kind of audible whatever. You know what I mean? So like when Jalen Hurts fumbled and they ran it back, I just like looked up from the computer and I was I like audibly was like, what the fuck was that? You know, like I react to stuff. I'm not a, like a robot watching it but i think the problem is that because i'm trying to keep up with what's going on in the game if the game gets too fast for me i gotta pause and i gotta rewind and i gotta like watch plays back or i'm taking a picture of the screen or whatever so it's hard to i mean just like when you're in the zone you know i'm not i'm not sitting there holding a beer like you know audibly you know i'm not high-fiving other people or whatever but yeah i'm I like like active i talk to myself when i'm watching the game like what the like what the fuck is that guy doing over there or something you know it's kind of a weird you're like nicholson thing, in the uh, shining yeah. except, you're in, except you're in your basement <laughs> yeah yeah i you know it just kind of has to be you know but i don't it's not that i'm not trying to watch the game with other people i just tell other people i'm like you don't want to watch a game with me because it's a lot of pausing it's a lot of stopping it's a lot of starting uh, you know and you know i'm just typing the whole time so i don't know it's tough, man. It's it's annoying because you want to watch the you want to watch the game. I haven't watched an Eagles game as an Eagles fan in, I mean, since I moved back here. So it's probably they been since two thousand eight. Don't they move fast? They when you're like when you're like working on it. Yeah, yeah, they, they move do. fast. You're like, oh shit, how's it halftime already? Oh shit, the first quarter's already done. Oh damn, yeah. the third quarter's already done. Uh, but you wanted to ask me, or you wanted to ask me something? What are you thinking? No, I was saying, I mean, Steichen to Indy, so Steichen's gone. <sighs> yeah, I mean. Replenish. I, I don't know. Not, not a surprise. I mean, that was kind of reported before the Super Bowl, you know. But I, I mean, I think you know, people feel good about Brian Johnson if he gets it because he's worked with Jalen for as long as he has. He knows the offense, so I feel I feel like that's much different than Mike Grow, you know. Getting, yeah. You know, getting promoted from within, you know. Um, Defensive coordinator, though, I don't, I don't think – I think the Gannon thing is that they don't really have as much of a slam dunk D.C. in-house replacement as they do offensive coordinators. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be Bernard them. Wilson, I think, is everyone what's talking about, who seems yeah. to have – From I've read one article about from Jeff McLean says he is like the same defensive principles as Gannon. So, like, I, I, I'm kind of at the – I'm kind of at the, uh, the avenue where – Nobody will ever like a defensive coordinator in Philadelphia not name Buddy Ryan or not name Jim Johnson for the rest of our lives. And I can, I can, you know, I've come to grips with it. It's okay. But here's um, the thing, man. It's like this, this goes hand in hand with my Gannon shit. Why I don't get as annoyed by the Gannon stuff as other people do, because most defensive coordinators in the NFL today are doing Gannon stuff. So like the, the days of, not to relitigate the whole thing that we did with Anthony a couple of weeks ago, but like the, the, there, there are no blit, like people who want like press man coverage and a lot of blitzing that just is they, they're, they don't, those people don't exist. Like Wink Martindale. Okay. Got crushed by the Eagles in the playoffs. So people can say, we don't want Gannon. They can bring in another person who plays a lot of zone and only rushes four. I'm going to say the same shit. So I, I just don't, I think, I think what it is picking is a lot of people only watch their team. So they and they may not have a may not have the realization that like league wide trends show a lot of defensive coordinators are doing what Gannon does. Uh, I knew the Chiefs were good, and I'll admit I don't watch the Chiefs all the time unless they're on like you know prime time and everything. I watch more uh, red zone. Excuse me, 
Um, man, they're fucking good. <laughs> they're fucking good. They're so good. And here's, here's the other thing, dude. They were getting plays from like Sky Moore and Isaiah Pacheco and whatever. And man, the, the, the Eagles superstars were superstars. AJ Brown was awesome. Hurts was awesome. Devontae Smith was awesome. Could have used that catch from Quez, you know? So uh, it just seemed like they were getting everything from everybody in that game. And like I said, I can't complain about an offense that scored 35 points, but there are little marginal things where you're like, man, like the Chiefs are just hitting on on all cylinders here. You know, they just find these dudes who are like. But I think um, I think conversely with the Eagles, a lot of people saw them shove that ball right down their throats, right down the Chiefs' throats of that first drive. And I think that was the first time a lot of people were tuning into an Eagles game and being like, holy shit, were we wrong on these guys the whole time? And that's yeah. what I think I'm really the most disappointed in the Super Bowl losses is that like Jalen won't get his due. Um, Gannon won't get his due. Shane Steichen won't get his due. Nick Sirianni won't get his due. The whole entire Eagles organization won't get their due when a lot of people came out after them after the last two weeks and stuff. And also my take about Patrick Mahomes having the worst contract in sports is now dead and gone. They, um, you know, the Chiefs scored more than 30 points, like 30 or more points in I think like half of their games this year and in other games, they're like in the high twenties or whatever. So this, this was not like a, I mean, it was a pretty like typical offensive performance for them. Like I, again, I said, like I thought they were going to, I thought the chiefs were going to score like 29 points, right? They scored 31. So I, what do you, I mean? Why do you, you keep saying 31. No, the off the, the defensive touchdown. Oh. You pick up the, yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> off, the chiefs offense only scored. All right. Yeah, yeah. Chiefs offense scored 31 points. The defense scored seven. So, you know, I, I just – I just, I guess I'm just not that surprised by it. Like everybody's like, oh, you guys and Gannon and fucking Q Gannon and you look like a bunch of dip, dipshits now, whatever. I'm like – I mean, I'm wearing a they, – Like I'm not like <laughs> – like you, you got cooked by like a generational quarterback and a generational head coach. Like I'm not that surprised. I, I was, What was the spread before the game? Like a point was – One and a half. Okay. It was a point, one and a half. Yeah, and yeah. it was actually uh, the Chiefs were favored before it, uh, it it went the complete other way. Um, before we get out of here, we got about five minutes. Jalen's got to get paid. There's like eight to ten key defensive free agents. Shane Steichen is gone. He's getting introduced right now. We're probably missing a story. Um, how do you feel? How do you feel going into next year? I mean, only I think eight teams in Super Bowl history have gone back to the to the Super Bowl. They're not um, going to have. They're, it's they're never going to have as good of a team that they had this year. Because they don't have the benefit of just going after these amazing free agents because their quarterback's making $2 million a year. So what does it go back to? It goes back to Howie Roseman having to nail the draft. Mm -hmm. And he's done a good job the last two years, but he's not going to have the benefit of just throwing money at free agents because the cap just doesn't dictate that this this time around, you know? So both times that they were, this team went to the Super Bowl in the last five years, it was because they had a quarterback, wasn't because, but they benefited from having a quarterback on a rookie deal, Mm -hmm. you know? So, at least hey, two top two, a top ten pick that will definitely uh, loosen up. You know how yeah, and there are some and field. there are some obvious moves to be made here, man. I mean, we can get all into all this like later, of course. But like, you got N'Kobe Dean in the pipeline, so Kaiser White can walk. You know, I mean, like, there's some ob- obvious ones. There's some tough ones too. You know, like I, if you're asking me between James Bradbury and C.J. Gardner Johnson, I'm 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 signing Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Oh, oh yeah. You know? So um yeah, but then there are difficult ones too. So I mean they can't 
sign everybody. So it's it's now Howie had that benefit year from from the Jalen's contract being what it is, and now he's going to have to really earn it. So if there is one thing I'm I'm, I'm taking solace on, uh, the the offense is locked up. The offense is locked up for at least uh, two years because I think we have Jordan Mailata and we have Lane Johnson both anchoring the defense for at least two more years. I think mm-hmm. Kelsey comes back. Uh, Donna Kelsey was saying some stuff where it seemed like he he was coming back. I think he I think he right. loves Jalen Hurts, and I think he yeah. he he if we were talking like Kevin Cobb <laughs> or yeah. or like like somebody who was like a middle of the way and they and they just got to the Super Bowl off this defense, I don't think Jason Kelsey's putting his body through another. Uh, so Cam, but that means that Cam Jurgens is going to have to sit for two years instead of one year, you know. And that was a second round draft pick that maybe they turn into something else. Like I, I don't, you know. I mean, we can nitpick all that shit yeah. forever, but um, yeah, you, know, you got Kenny Gainwell there for Miles Sanders. That, yeah, yeah, I'm intrigued, man. I don't. Oh, I, 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 I can't wait for Miles Sanders to walk. I can. Yeah, the Eagles really didn't run the ball. Didn't well, they didn't have to. I mean, Jalen was just carving them up, you know. But I, I can't. Like I said, I, I can't sit here. And, yeah, well, I just I, I, I don't ever want to watch Miles Sanders bounce the ball to the outside ever again. I also think that was a fumble. If we want to relitigate that, I think that was a fumble. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think like the rules you take, like you, they look for that third step and like a. Uh, well, no one knows what a catch is because I think the Devonte Smith, move. I think the Devonte Smith catch was a catch. Yeah, dude, there's so there. I mean, there's just so much to unpack from this game. I mean, I, I went into this with like zero prep. I didn't even look at my other screen over here. But I mean, just think about all the the craziness. Like, I know people don't want to hear this shit, but that was one of the greatest Super Bowls I've ever watched. That was a lot of fun, you know. And like, hopefully, like ten years from now, we're able to look back at that and say, "Man, Jalen Hurts was amazing in that Super Bowl. Um, that team was amazing this year. I mean, this team was one of the best teams. I mean, look, man." Here's the bottom line. They were the number one seed in the NFC. They went up against the number one seed in the AFC in the Super Bowl, and they lost by three points. Like, my reaction to that is not to, like, call for everybody's firing, you know? I mean, I just – I I see a team that got, like, right the fuck there and just, like, at the last moment just couldn't get it done. So, I, I don't I don't think, like, the way that the, <laughs> the season played out the, um you know, requires or determines any kind of like overreaction. You know, I mean, I think they were a great team. KC was a great team too, and one great team beat another great team. Like, I don't, I don't think it's any more complicated than that. You're too optimistic. You're never going to make make it in Philadelphia sports media. Anything no, uh, going anything on, going on year, going on year number fourteen now. <laughs> anything you want to say to Angelo Cataldi, who's got two more shows left? No, I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll kill him on the site on Friday, and we'll be done with it forever. Oh, that's going to be fun. Yeah. That is going to be fun. Yep. I think what we'll do, Peg, this is what we're going to do. How about, because he's retiring on Friday. I need a day off in in like the worst way possible. How about we just drop the Angelo Cataldi farewell piece on Friday and then just fuck off for the rest of the day? (laughs) I need to play, I need to play pickup in the worst possible way. I need like a pickleball. You need to play pickleball in the worst way possible? No, pick up. I need to play soccer or basketball or something because I'm just like going stir crazy. Too much too much writing and too many barfing children around here. Just give me editing privileges so that people can see how bad I am when you don't have to edit my stuff with then and then and effect and effect. I wrote one the other day, O-N-E yeah. instead of W-O-N. It mm. really did. That, that just really got away from me. It's tough, um, man, when you don't have another set of eyeballs on you. By the way, you have permissions. You can post anything you want on the website. Like technically, I... I 
would prefer to proofread it. <laughs> <laughs> but like if there's nothing stopping you from going and writing whatever you wanted and press and publish, you know, that is true. Uh, that is true. Yeah. If the, if the site ever goes haywire or the very pro QGanon uh, posts, you know, who didn't get eyeballs on it before. Um, <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, Hey, listen, Super Bowl's over. This was our Super Bowl of Rational Tuesdays. Um, I think we could, did a good job. I don't think any of us are ever going to make it in sports media because we're too optimistic. And we we actually defended I, we defended Gannon more than I thought we were going to defend Gannon. Um, I'm just really sad that they lost because, like you said, paying a quarterback now, last time they went to the Super Bowl, they were on a rookie deal. And I really do think this team, if you were to like, at, like if you were to down the line looked at it, like this was probably like a top thirty, top twenty-five, top twenty, you could argue, team of all time from on paper. Um, so I just I'm I'm sad they go from being one of the best to the O four team who I don't even care about because they lost in the end. Yeah. So yeah. uh yeah, it sucks. No, it was such a good story all year long. No, I mean it sucks for it to end this way, you know, for for sure. But uh you know, I think when you look back at both of the Super Bowls of the last five years, I mean, twice they went up against generational quarterback head coach combinations. You went up against Brady and Belichick, and then you went went up against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, <laughs> and both times your defense couldn't stop shit. And the strip sack was basically the one thing that separated the two Super Bowls. So, I mean, that's, that to me, that's just the 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 takeaway from all of it. One in three in Super Bowls all time. It's a Philly thing. Yeah, Phillies, Phillies, Union, Eagles, which means the Sixers are up next. You know. Yeah, a lot of people only had two championships. They lost this year. Some people had three. Well, of course, people wanted to start including the Union when they could dunk <laughs> on Philly and make it look make it look even worse than. The- yeah. <laughs> oh, they only. <laughs> oh, they lost two championships in the last three months. Oh, if you want to make it look even worse, throw the MLS team on there too. So that's how the union finally get included by being included in the shittiness. God, we need the Phillies more than they ever knew. Trey Turner, I need Trey Turner to hit like three thirty and fourteen home runs in the in the month of April. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, that's it. I got today. Um. We'll talk to you on Thursday. <laughs>